Hey, it's Beth. Episode 384. Okay. Today started out very, very badly. At 5 o'clock in the morning, we have a dog door. Ruckus just goes on this little jaunt in the backyard, and he takes care of his business every morning at 5 o'clock. Okay, nobody gets upset. I, of course, was in um, my little office room looking up what was happening in Ukraine because that's what I do um, when I can't sleep. So I missed all this. Ruckus comes back inside and he'd met a skunk. That's the first time in my whole life, 68 years, and I've never had a skunk encounter. Kid comes and finds me and the whole house smells so terrible. And you have to use baking soda, hydrogen peroxide, and Dawn detergent. They prefer ivory, but we use Dawn. We didn't have enough hydrogen peroxide, but it worked. But the house smelled terrible. So my day started at five, and I just, I keep thinking about this guy. His name is Frank O'Hara. And he was, he was really big in the 50s and 60s as a poet. And the way I know about him is from this obscure, of course it's obscure, way, which is in Central Park, there is this amazing, amazingly beautiful sculpture of Sherman and um, William Sherman. And it's, it's on the southwest corner of the park. And it's breathtaking. And O'Hara, O'Hara wrote this poem. And he's, he's just this wild, it was this wild poet. The poem goes like this. If I rest for a moment near the equestrian, which is what it's called. If I rest for a moment near the equestrian, pausing for a liver sausage sandwich in the Mayflower shop, that angel seems to be leading the horse into Bergdorf's. It's exactly what it looks like. It's, that's the kind of poetry this guy wrote. And that angel was a model that, she was a black model and all the sculptors and artists in New York City were using her. Her name was Hattie Anderson and she was the most beautiful girl in New York. And she was black and she was beautiful and all the artists loved her. And she's such a beautiful angel. Honestly, you look at the angel more than even the horse and I love horses. But the angel is pointing to Bergdorf Goodman's. So, I was just thinking about him and I wanted to find out more about him. So, um, there was this piece in the, in the New York Times about him and it just, it just got me going because he died so young. He died at 40. He was hit by a taxi cab dune buggy on Fire Island at four o'clock in the morning. Taxi cab driver was, was sober. It was just this freaky accident and he left behind thousands and thousands of friends. Everybody loved him the most. He was like a bum vivant. He, you'd go out to lunch with him and you'd go home because he wore you out. And then he'd go on to his next, he, he worked at the museum. After work, he'd go on to his next, next victims. And that would be people that he would meet for a happy hour. And then the next victims would be people he went to the theater with and then out to dinner afterwards. Constantly drinking, constantly smoking, constantly telling jokes. He was everybody's favorite person. And his poetry came out of his head like, like 
to me it's like jazz it it, it was quick there's um, a line by Robert Frost and he says poetry is like a piece of ice on a hot stove the poem must ride on its own melting and this this guy he said he liked to hold time stop time and own time and he made it move fast and he does all of his poems are like this so I just wanted to to tell you a little bit about him he also was really great he he was great at quotes one of them was now I am quietly waiting for the catastrophe of my personality to seem beautiful again and interesting again and modern. The catastrophe of my personality. He said so many things that everybody just used because that everybody uses it because they all went to college. All these writers and every poetry class in every college in America, the only poet that all of them love is Frank O'Hara because he's immediate. He just, he signed every one of the books that he ever wrote with palship from Frank. Everybody knew him, everybody loved him. And he was, um, he was out in the, in the 40s, 50s and 60s. In fact, in, in World War II, he, you know, that was a long time ago and everybody understood that he was gay, but he got punched in the nose and he kind of looked like like half boxer, half librarian. So he appealed to men, they liked him. And so they let him be, during World War II, in the military, his job was to be the meteorologist on the Eiffel Tower. That was what he did. And they didn't, they wanted him to be alone, up high, away from them, but they liked him. He, he really never met a stranger, he said, that his childhood was like living inside a needlepoint pillow. Everything was perfect, and it created an environment for him where he could speak to anyone and like anyone. And he would, he fell in love with waiters. He was a huge tipper, knew everybody in the movies, loved movies, theater, everybody. He knew every doorman in town. He gave him Christmas presents, even if they weren't his doorman. Every morning, he, after those big nights out, he would call at least two friends and, just to find out what he said wrong, what he did wrong, and what he had to fix. I mean, what kind of a guy does that? He, he, oh my gosh, he, there was a kind of a scandal, but not a really big one. He was painted by a painter named Larry Rivers. And it was, he's wearing boots, but nothing else in the picture. And it's front on. And it was in museums and in galleries, and he just didn't even care. And it's a really beautiful portrait. And the funny thing is, when O'Hara died, when Frank died, Larry Rivers never painted again. And Larry, Larry just loved him. And he had to show all of his paintings to Frank to get his approval. And when Frank was gone, all of his, all of the work that he ever did after that was awful. He also had this um, boyfriend named Vincent Warren. And oh my God, he looks just like Barishnikov. No, he looks just like um, oh, Noriev. And it was the only person that he, he ever really understood what love was.
with this guy. And he wrote some poems that are so sweet. One of his most famous one is Drinking Coca-Cola. And he talks about just being with this guy and how he doesn't even like any artwork or anything. He doesn't want to go anywhere. He doesn't want to be with anybody else. He doesn't need to look at beautiful pictures of people because he has his own ballerino. And it was Vincent. And Vincent, I mean, he quit dancing when they got together. Nobody could do anything when they were with Frank. They either did the best work they could ever do or they didn't do anything at all. And when when Frank died, Vincent went back to being a ball, ballet, a ballerino ballet artist and did his most surprising, most beautiful work. And he did it all in Frank's name. So the, the other thing that that I love about him, that I can't, I can't, I can't think of anybody else who could ever do this. He wrote, one of his most famous poems is about um, the day that he found out Billie Holiday died. And it's all about how he went to his favorite newsstand and the crushing blow of it. And that's a beautiful one. But my favorite one is he was, he saw, and it was a headline in the paper. Every paper across the country had this headline, and it said, Lana Turner has collapsed. It's just like, that's how the world was. And it was like real newspapers. She collapsed. So he writes this poem, and it goes, Lana Turner has collapsed. I was trotting along, and suddenly it started raining and snowing. And you said, it was hailing, but hailing hits you in the head hard, and it it really was snowing and raining. And I was in such a hurry to meet you, but the traffic was exactly like the sky, and suddenly I see a headline, Lana Turner has collapsed. There's no snow in Hollywood. There's no rain in California. I have been to parties and acted perfectly disgraceful but I never actually collapsed. Oh, Lana, we love you. Get up. That's a poem. I just think it's adorable. Then he said this other thing, which made me write this poem today because I was cracking up. And he said that he, oh my gosh, let me find it because it's so beautiful. He said that he he liked to seize the moment. He liked he his his poetry was about seizing the pre present tense, and he believed in his sanity. He actually did. He said that he was. He said he's the least difficult of men. All he wants is boundless love. And my father used to use that that expression. I wonder if he knew this man. I would love to find out. But he would use, he just wanted boundless love from everyone. And he gave boundless love. He gave all of his money away. He did anything anybody ever wanted. And he believed in his own sanity, in the vessel that it was in. He believed he was always going to be sane, no matter how crazy everything got. He believed while I was smelling, I mean, it's horrible to have your house smell like a skunk and to be cleaning off skunk from a dog that you love with hydrogen peroxide, baking soda, 
and Dawn. I mean, I couldn't believe it. And of course it was a trigger for my asthma. The whole thing was a mess. But if, if Frank O'Hara, who never had a normal day in his life, I mean, his service when he was in World War II, he was the meteorologist on the Eiffel Tower. How? How does anyone get that job? How does anybody be like he was? I mean, there were scraps of paper all over his house, poems everywhere. No one knew what to do. At his funeral, there were 60 guys who said they were his best friend, and they all were his best friend. He gave all of his time to his friends. When he was doing tours at the Metropolitan Museum, he usually had a friend going with him, and in between, they were talking about the problem the guy was having. He was like, he was a, a friend who was your therapist and he always had the right answer for you. And the right answer was keep going, keep giving, do whatever you're doing, just do it harder. He trusted the sanity of his vessel and he told all of his friends to do the same thing. And he said that the only truth, he would never make it on Zoom, he would never make it um, with texting because he said the only truth is face to face. He liked his poems to be the words that seemed like they were coming out of your, your mouth. And that's how I feel. I feel that I would say that about Lana Turner if I was clever. It's like, he was the one. He was so funny. So, but he, and he really was always living on the edge. I mean, he started his morning with like a Manhattan. He had a special martini that was named after him at this club he went to all the time. And he always had the bottle of the special alcohol that went into his martini in his pocket, no matter where he went, just to make sure everything was gonna go perfectly. That's a crazy guy. I mean, he never paid a bill in his life. He always had an agent or somebody else doing it for him. He just liked, he just liked what money could do. He didn't like the way it looked. He didn't like the way it felt in his pocket. So he just, he just always, he just paid people over what, like at his bar, this, this little bar that he always went to, he, he gave them enough money to keep going, like paid the mortgage every month so the guy didn't have to worry about it. He just wanted the guy to be happy and that's what his money could do. So that's what he did. But he believed, he trusted the sanity of his vessel, of his body, of his mind. And I think that's a good idea. Like even if it looks crazy on the outside, maybe it's what you've got to do. Like, you know, maybe, maybe I need to be a little bit of an insomniac right now. Maybe my body is telling me that I have to wake up in the middle of the night to process some of the stuff that's going on. I don't know, but I'm gonna quit worrying about it because of Frank O'Hara and his lovely, lovely, lovely poems. Here it is again. If I rest for a moment near the equestrian, pausing for a liver sausage sandwich in the Mayflower shop, that angel seems to be leading the horse into Bergdorf's. That is exactly what I see now, exactly. And Lana Turner, Lana Turner has collapsed. I was trotting along and suddenly it started raining and snowing and you said it was hailing, but hailing hits you in the head, hard.
So it was really snowing and raining. And I was in such a hurry to meet you, but the traffic was acting exactly like the sky and nothing. And then suddenly I see a headline, Lana Turner has collapsed. There is no snow in Hollywood. There is no rain in California. I have been to parties, lots of parties, and acted perfectly disgraceful, but I never actually collapsed. Oh, Lana, we love you. Get up. That's me. That just, that just fits me today. So I feel like I'm gonna get through today with this kind of sanity, this kind of individualized sanity. That's what I'm going after now. It's not gonna make sense to anybody else but me. And if Frank O'Hara can do it, I can do it. So that's what I've got today. And I think it has something to do with the skunk and 5 a.m., but I'm feeling pretty good about it. So stay sane and I'll be back.